Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Hi, this is Simon with Hope Springs, the latest episode of the Living Visible series. In this episode, I want to talk about living visible with our partners. That is, in our most significant, committed and vulnerable relationships with our spouses. You know, how do we represent, how do we become living representatives of Jesus Christ in those relationships, in those deep and meaningful spaces? So I am wearing my running gear. I'm about to go out on a run. It's a a fairly chilly uh, day here in Coventry and um, I've been committed uh, to doing this running. Uh, I have signed up for the Coventry Half Marathon. Um, it was the 2020 Half Marathon which has been delayed and put off and pushed back uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, so I am still in training. I have made that commitment and, and I am being faithful to that commitment. And I want to draw an analogy between um, my commitment to, to, to running the Coventry Half Marathon and, and, and our deepest, most meaningful relationships. <clears throat> By signing up to the Coventry Half Marathon, I didn't pledge myself to a one-off event uh, sometime in the future. I pledged myself to a period of training, of anticipation uh, to that event. I had to um, be disciplined and obedient to the training schedule that um, I laid out before myself. I had to prepare myself. I had to plan uh, for the long haul, not just for one single day, but for day in, day out, putting in the effort, rising to the challenge and discovering the joy in preparing for a long distance run. Now, you should know that uh, up until uh, the start of 2020, I'd never run further than 10 kilometres. I'd done a few charity 5Ks as well, but um, I was a fair weather runner. I'd run when the mood took me, uh, but only when it was nice outside. But by signing up to a half marathon for 21.09 kilometres of running, I also signed myself up for a period of training, a period of actual discipline, of giving myself to that commitment, with the goal being to complete the half marathon. Now, the stakes were raised on this commitment because I was doing it in memory of a friend who who passed away from cancer. I'm I'm doing it to raise money for for Macmillan. And and so the stakes are raised on that commitment. So the goal, the the end game of that commitment is, is really important. It's really precious and really meaningful to me. So that kind of ups the ante on my faithfulness, on my givenness to the training. The thing about running is, is that it does. You have to get the miles in your legs. You have to be disciplined. You have to be obedient to that training schedule. I run uh, three times a week. I do a couple of short runs and then a distance run at the weekends. And now I have to go out in all weather, whether it's cold, <laughs> whether it's raining. Um, I've, I've, I've run in some horrific <laughs> weather. I've run across flooded roads. It was like running through streams. Um, and so there is a challenge in that commitment, in that long haul goal. But there's also joy. Runners 
uh, who, who have run any sort of distance on a regular basis will tell you that there's a massive um, exuberance that comes from running. There's there's this joy, this pleasure in, in, in the running. That, uh, for me, it's quite cathartic. It helps me clear my mind. It helps me uh, formulate ideas. It just gives me this sort of peace and this sense of well-being. Not to mention all of the physical health benefits uh, of running consistently as well. And this is similar to, to, to our best and deepest and most committed relationships, our marriages. Uh, these relationships, they are not a pledge uh, to a one-up event. They are a long-term commitment that requires that same faithfulness, that same discipline, that same rising to the challenge day in, day out. You cannot be a fair-weather partner. You, you are either in it or you are out. You have to be committed. You have to enjoy. You have to be patient. But likewise with running. Throughout that discipline, throughout that obedience, throughout that kind of setting yourself for the long haul, there's a great joy and a great exaltation in it. In rising, you know, you discover things about yourself, capabilities and things that you never knew you had. In the planning, in the scheduling uh, of, 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 of your training for running, you have to be humble. You have to have a, a, a good assessment of your own capabilities. Any sort of hubris in that regard, any sort of arrogance um, will only lead to ruin and injury. You have to be humble. You have to say, look, this is where I'm at and this is what I need to do to get to the next stage. Likewise, in relationships, in our best and deepest, most vulnerable relationships, we have to have that level of honesty. We have to have that humility. To assess our own qualities and to be upfront and vulnerable with our partners. You see, with um, with our marriages, with our deep, committed relationships, there's a reason why Paul uses marriage as an analogy for how Jesus is with the church. And likewise, we can flip that on its head. Jesus and his way with the church is an analogy for how marriages should be, for how our deepest and most committed and vulnerable relationships should be. In Ephesians 5, it talks about husbands loving their wives just as Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her it wasn't just an abstract love it wasn't just a soppy card once a year it wasn't just Jesus sending a bunch of flowers to the church no love looked like something love looked like Jesus being given for her so how does this map onto marriage well we could say that Jesus gave himself for the church on the cross he died uh, for humanity to be reconciled with God. But how, how does that work in marriage? Should, should the husband die for the wife? Well, in an extreme circumstance, then that might well be required. Should a husband bear torture uh, for the wife? Well, again, in, in the most random and the most extreme circumstances possibly. But let's not forget that the crucifixion was the culmination of Jesus' life given. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That there was a life that ran up to the cross. That Jesus exampled the incarnate word up until the cross. And he suffered the cross because of the way he lived. And because of the way he testified to the Father. And after the cross, the ascended and risen Christ sent his spirit upon the church. And so that life still lives on. So how did Jesus give himself? He didn't keep anything back. He didn't he didn't prioritize himself over and against the needs of others coming in into his path. 
No, he gave himself. He gave of himself and he gave all of himself. He was fully committed. He was fully pledged. He was fully dialed in to that commitment and that goal that he had. And that is how Jesus gave himself for the church. You know, there's that bit in 1 Corinthians 13. That it's, it's, been, it's been said so many times that it's become a cliche. But there's a good reason why that is read at weddings. Because it takes this abstract and sentimental notion that we call love and it puts it in very concrete terms. It puts it in very visible terms. It puts it in very livable terms. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast in itself. It delights in the truth. It endures long. It hopes all things, believes all things, bears all things, and it never fails. So as I come to my running, I, I, I have to incarnate certain aspects of that. I have to give myself to my commitment. And as we come to our relationships, our deepest, most significant relationships, our marriages, that also requires that givenness to that commitment, that faithfulness, that patience, that kindness to that commitment. So in terms of living visible, here are some members of our church, of the Hope Springs Church, just sharing some things to help us on our way. So one of the ways that we live visible with one another is through our finances. Uh, we really recognise and acknowledge the generosity and abundance of God in Scripture. And it's something that we really try and encourage one another in, in our marriage. Yeah, so one of the um, ways that we do that is um, just being really open and transparent about money and how we feel about it, where we feel it should be spent and um but within that also just holding each other accountable to that desire to want to be generous and just making sure that actually how our spending habits are aligning with that and just having that as an ongoing conversation um so that it doesn't become this massive thing um but actually just becomes part of our daily habit that we support each other with yeah definitely so we we spend we spend a good amount of time budgeting and talking through uh, where we're going to spend our money, be really intentional about that. One thing that I really enjoy doing with you is uh, talking through like charities that we might be supporting um, at the start of a year. Um, and when we do that, I feel like we we encourage each other. Each other. There's, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Um, it's something that we take joint ownership on. And in that, there's no kind of dominating voice in terms of where our money gets spent, we're always happy to defer to one another um, and just respect each other in that. And that's definitely one way that we live visible in our marriage. So a thing that helps us in our relationship and has helped us over the years and something that we've learned over the years is to, if we're knowing each other, to bring it up there and then rather than to let it linger and then have a rubbish week. Yeah, and it's really tough sometimes, hard to do it because you you don't necessarily want to bring up the thing that's annoying you or have the thing that's annoying someone else brought up towards you. But we've found that if we deal with it there and then as much as it's difficult sometimes, just be kind of kind and gracious to each other in it, hopefully. Um, it kind of ends up meaning it's dealt with and you can move on. It d doesn't affect us, doesn't affect the boys, doesn't affect just the environment and everywhere. Um, we're not by any means good at it all the time, uh, but it's the thing yeah. we kind of try and do. 
um, as best as we possibly can. Um, so one part of our marriage that we think has been really important and that's like really um, representative of us is in, in regards to our finances and right from being engaged to being um, 12 years into our marriage we still feel really strongly um, that our finances are always just in one pot and um, everything, literally everything is shared and that there's no sense of um, yours or mine but that we have it, it completely in common and in doing so we, we share responsibility and we also see it as a like a free flow within our marriage. It's never just stagnant, but actually it belongs to both of us and we both make decisions about where this money um, gets directed in our lives and then as a consequence out of our lives. Yeah, so um, from when we first got married, um, Lizzie uh, was working full time and I was still training at the time. Um, and so it worked that way for a while. And then I went full time and Lizzie was part time. And then as we've had, had kids, Lizzie's gone sort of more and more part-time and then a couple of years ago we switched to both being part-time and now Lizzie's full-time and I'm not working at all but within all of that that kind of flow back and forth it, it, it there hasn't been an ability or an opportunity for it to create tension as to kind of who's the bigger earner or who's doing the more important role in the house because it's it's just never really been a question because we made that decision from the start and that foundation's in place uh, and I just think it's been yeah really helpful, um, and uh, there's yeah like an automatic accountability with it, um, and there's just never a sense of either of us feeling or saying uh, this this belongs to me, um, and this this bit's my decision because I owned this, or or it's somehow more my right. Um, everything is in common, everything's equal, uh, which I think is really healthy for us um, and it also helps us to hold things lightly and be generous towards other people we feel um, because we just always have that kind of shared um, shared approach to it um, so because there's not one person that feels like they own it it's easier to be generous together I think if that makes sense so have a think how can you live visible in your most vulnerable and most committed relationships? What are the things that help you? What, is, what would be the advice that you pass on to other people?